Okay, gentlemen, this episode is for you. However, wives, don't feel like you can't learn anything because we're going to talk about the hearts and feelings of men. Awesome. And I'm here too. So wives got to listen. <laughs> yeah. And I think mainly we want to look at this concept, I guess, cultural concepts about manhood mm. and how they have in some ways harmed men and how men can more accurately and more readily calibrate how they feel and how they act on those feelings mm. uh, on the word of God. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It's amazing to see how God has created men as emotional beings. Mm -hmm. And that's an incredible thing. So we're gonna have a fun talk today. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. excited to talk about this because I think that as a wife, I do tend to underestimate your emotional mm -hmm. <laughs> cry for help for you. <laughs> emotional, yeah. not capacity, because I feel like you've always been emotional. We've connected emotionally very quickly and very easily through our relationship. But I think, I, you know, you tend to underestimate um, how deep you feel. I think that's the thing is I can I can let things kind of roll off the top of my back for better or for worse right mm. but you're the yeah. one that really if i say something flippantly and it like stabs you in the heart it's going to take some time to heal like yeah that's interesting that you say that because you're right if there's something that like it takes me a lot more to go off the rails but when i'm off the rails it's really hard to come back yeah. from them i feel yeah. like because i feel so deeply yes there is kind of a steadfastness there yeah and that i'm not not to say that this is you or every woman every woman <laughs> Uh, but there's, I'm not tossed by, you know, kind of smaller circumstances and, right. I'm, and I'm kind of anchored, but when that anchor feels like it's been ripped out of the ground, it's hard to find that, that for that anchor to find its way back into the, yeah, I wouldn't say that the ground. wives are always like swayed by everything. I think we just tend to be driven by our emotions maybe a little bit more. Hmm, that's interesting. In some ways. Yeah. Anyway, is this going to be an interesting conversation? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're hoping, so just so you're clear, we're hoping to accomplish a few different things today. We want to kind of un untangle what we'll call unproductive and brash assumptions society tends to make about men. That's the mm. first thing is we want to look at those mm -hmm. and we're just going to scrape the surface on some of this stuff. So hopefully to get you thinking, the second thing we want to do is help wives understand and encourage their husbands yeah. in, in ways that are more kind of calibrated on this idea that they do feel things. <laughs> And the third one is we want to encourage men to feel intensely, I love this part, to feel intensely about things that matter. One of the things that keeps coming to my mind is that great men indeed do feel greatly. Mm. They do feel greatly. And how does that, so marriage is a is a part of all this, right? Yeah. Our relationship with our spouses are a part of all this. So we're going to talk about that today. There's a lot to, um, like I said, we're going to scrape the surface, but mm -hmm. before we get into that. Um, if you haven't heard, we are on Patreon, patreon.com slash fierce marriage. That's how we partner with listeners like you to keep this podcast humming along the way it is. <laughs> Currently, we're on pace to do around 75 episodes a year. Awesome. And that's... That, that yeah, including the interviews? That includes the interviews, nice. yeah. So it's one a week plus uh, an extra one every other week. And yeah, and we've been able to do that and we've been able to uh, coordinate that stuff because of our Patreon community. There's over mm. 100, I think about 180 patrons there. Wow. Um, if you feel a, you. <laughs> if you feel kind of a desire to be a part of what God is doing through this, you can be and you're wanted. And we would love to keep you kind of up up to date on the kind of the inner workings. Go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. Mm -hmm. And if you give $5 or more a month, 
uh, we'll give you some free books in return. Hey, and we got some more free stuff coming down the pipeline. So if you get on now, you'll get that when it comes down. So anyway, thank you for, for all of you patrons. I think I might start saying names. Like I said last week, who knows? I'm going to say John. Thanks, John. <laughs> <laughs> there was a John in there. Probably a few Johns. There's probably a few Johns. That's a common name. Thank you, name. Johns. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, also, if you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Subscribe in iTunes or whatever podcast app you use. That way you don't miss an episode. If you haven't rated yet, um, take the time to do that. Like Selena says, just do it. Just do, do it. it. Yeah. So we actually had a fun, a funny had a review. Fun review. Somebody said, D. Raj. <laughs> we read these reviews. Yes. Somebody left a review just a few days ago. And they said, been a long time follower. They've been dragging my feet to leave an amazing review for one of my favorite podcasts. And I'll be honest, I wouldn't have added the review if it had not been for Selena quickly jumping in front of Ryan <laughs> and jokingly saying. Jokingly slash forcefully. Forcefully. See, he, he, he hears what I'm saying. He hears what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Telling listeners to do it. I think this might be a woman too. I don't know if it's a guy or girl. In all seriousness, yeah. thank you for your office references that's what she said <laughs> thank you for the time you invest in your program to benefit us as listeners thank you for oh mm. i didn't know if you're reading the whole thing well we don't have to but yeah, yeah. if you leave a re if you leave a, a review we'll definitely read it i'll say that yes and it means a lot to us so thank you d raj for saying that stuff it gives selena license now to be malfeasant <laughs> to be rebellious no and someone someone wrote in <laughs> They said, they just texted. It was a simple question. I think it was like, did you call your wife a scorpion woman? <laughs> well, yes, he the answer does, is. on occasion. And, it, and the reason that it's, a, it's an actually. He pays for it later. It's an Anchorman reference. <laughs> it he is. Goes, you scorpion woman. Yeah. So that's where that's coming from. I didn't make that up. That's not some sort of weird, weird thing <laughs> that I made up. It's a reference to a movie. Most things I say like that are going to be. That's funny. Uh, pop culture. I'm not that cool. I'm not that original. But hey, if you're on the fence and you've been listening for a while, I mean, mm. just leave a review. It's fine. It's good. It's good. Yeah, peer pressure. Just come on. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> okay. The, the last one is... I'm not Dwight shooting it where he's like selling the car to Andy or Andy's he's trying to make Andy Three, sell his two, car. One, Say yes. Do it. Now. Yes. yes. <laughs> now. Anyway. Uh, okay. So the final thing is if you have a question, <laughs> please feel free to ask. Um, we are overdue for a Q&A session which will come. We just don't want to kind of answer those questions off the cuff because yeah. some of them are really intense. That's why we haven't done that and we don't do a lot of them because a lot of the questions we get are really sensitive. Yeah. I don't want to say to those people that we're not paying attention, we're not answering those. We will answer as many of those as we can probably in an upcoming episode. We're also writing a book, people. We're under a deadline. Yes, we're under. <laughs> that's the other thing is because of the care it takes yeah. to, to research and to think and to pray through those questions, uh, we don't have the bandwidth for it right now because we're trying to meet a deadline. Yeah. So we're collecting um, right now. We are collecting lots of questions yes. and excited to be able to kind of switch gears from book writing to mm -hmm. kind of researching and answering those questions. And we want to be able to do video and that takes a little more setup and time. So anyways, yeah. yes, please write us, write it and ask a question. You can call it or text it in at 971-333-1120 or go to fiercemarriage.com slash podcast. And there's a form you can fill out there as well. So you had mentioned this. Uh, we're trying to do videos, which I would love to do videos. We need to have a videographer and an editor. That's not something I can do, nor do I have the bandwidth to yeah. do. And that's kind of what we're holding out on Patreon for. Our mm -hmm. next pat patron goal is 500 patrons. Mm. We're at 180 something right now, like I said. So if, you, if you're interested in video, um, that would be a way that you can kind of help make that happen sooner than later. We're, mm -hmm. going, we're hoping to get hit that goal by the end of the year. Yeah, That's an aggressive goal, I think. So we'll see. All right. Okay. So... Okay. The hearts and feelings of men. Is that you what we're calling? You have a heart it? and feelings? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I love your heart. And I love that you feel. Because yeah. we have two girls and they have, 
I've always thought that you were like sensitive in in the in the best way and very understanding of feelings. You can pick mm-hmm. them apart and alleviate very well. Well, thank you for saying that. I I feel like one of the biggest problems in today's culture is the numbing and the inoculating of men to hmm. feelings. Hmm. Okay, I I honestly feel that, and it's okay. not it's not like I'm saying. I'm, Explain that. Yeah, here's where I'm coming from because there was I think a time. Probably if you grew up in the 70s, 80s, uh, or if you grew up even in the 60s, where your father, you know, your father probably was trained to suppress his emotions through the early 1900s. And so therefore he was, he was training you to do the same thing, meaning that, you know, real men don't cry, uh, don't mm-hmm. feel this way. You know, there are, there don't express, you know, don't tell me how you feel because I don't care. I can't right. do anything about it. Just so there's discipline, lay down the law. There is like, that side to provide. it. <laughs> I think that side is still kind of, there's a remnant of that. Yeah. I don't want to over a residue. I don't want to oversimplify in that. That's, I, I honestly think the bigger problem is the inoculation and the, the, um, of the numbing is coming from what we call infinity pools. Okay. Hmm. So of content. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to be really transparent right now. Okay. I've stopped watching Netflix over the last, what, I'm going on four days. Yeah. So typically before night, I'd fall asleep a lot of times watching something because my mind just races and it's a way to keep my mind from, hmm. you know, that's an excuse. So <laughs> I was just like, I got convicted. I don't know what happened, but I was like, you know, what? I feel like I can't, I'm not sharp because I have these, this, like, I'm just giving too much time to this thing. Hmm. Or like for some guys, it's it's video games or uh, Even know, hobbies, maybe hobbies or just are... staying preoccupied and busy and keeping the in like you always have stimulus coming in. Yeah. And we are forgetting what it means to just sit in ourselves and sit, you know, in knowing who we are in Christ and mm. sitting and listening and being quiet and bored and just letting those feelings kind of unfold and unravel in our own hearts and then finding the thing that God is giving us a passion for. Right. So. I, I started out, so I wrote a blog post that this is all kind of based on. I feel like... Um, before you get too far into that, though, I just want to say I think it's hard sometimes to do that, right? It's hard to sit. It's hard to... And it's kind of scary to let those feelings, like, linger because you're not really sure what's going to happen all the time. You know, sometimes I feel like if I just s- sat in my own feelings, I'd probably just fall apart. Like, And that's kind yeah. of a scary thing to think about. But maybe is that what God wants from me sometimes, you uh-huh. know? Yeah, yeah, well... Absolutely, it's scary, and I think a lot of guys don't realize that they're uh, um, uncomfortable in it because mm. they just they never give it a chance. Right, we just are always in these infinity pools, like you say, of just yeah. social media and ideas well, and, and things. To be honest, if we if we believe the, if we believe the stats, a lot of men are also dealing with a severe addiction to pornography, mm-hmm. um, which is has a way of searing your conscience. And, mm. and skewing your perspective of human worth and human value. Mm. You may not consciously say that, but it is doing it. Mm. Your subconscious is believing that there's this there's this searing happening in your con- on the conscience level. So what's right and wrong in your heart, how you're responding or not responding to the sp- the conviction of the Holy Spirit. You're effectively quenching the Holy Spirit in your life, mm. and it is inoculating you to feeling passionate about things that we should be feeling passionate about. Mm. So I in this blog post that I was getting into, just I want to pull out one s- s- statement here. Mm. Coldness and apathy are the most cowardly stances a man can take. Mm. Coldness and apathy are one of the most cowardly stances a man can take. And so this whole premise of great men do indeed feel greatly, I think is a biblical one. Mm. I really do think it's a biblical one. And as men, okay, so we're in our mid-30s. 
if you're if you and your wife or your if you're the wife listening to this if your husband and you are in your mid 30s like the, the the baton is being passed right now mm. that's one of my convictions like the baton the, the is being passed the big leaders that we kind of look to for us it's guys like tim keller john piper um some of these uh kind of people that are They've carried the faith right through through the 80s and 90s and the early 2000s, and we were raised listening to them. I only found those guys a few years ago because I wasn't raised listening to those guys, and the internet's become a thing. So uh, these kind of champions of the faith, guys like um, G.K. Chesterton, C.S. Lewis, they you know, but died back in the 60s and, and mm-hmm. around there. And so I feel like it's now given the internet age that we're in, it's time for us as men and as families, as couples to really carry that baton. Mm. And I think that starts with men. Mm. And I think men getting off their butts, pardon the language. (laughs) And I'm not saying every guy's like this, but I think culturally it's a problem. Mm. And we, we need to get off our butts and understand exactly what we're called to, to be and to do. And if we keep if we keep the distractions pouring into our eyes and into our ears, yeah. we're always having stimu- stimulation on some level. We can never let this stir up in our hearts. So um, I guess, yeah, I just want to start I with th- that. Yeah, and I want to say how you giving up Netflix was like, I didn't say anything. This was a very much a, like a Holy Spirit, I think, conviction. Um, and just kind of when you brought it to me and said, I've been doing this. Um, I loved what you said is you said, I just want to give my mind over to God. Like I want to, I want Mm -hmm. to give control over to him and I don't want to live just distractedly or unintentionally or just, um, through images. I want my mind to be given over to God in this Mm -hmm. area. And so that is just so powerful to me because, you know, you're recognizing the power of the mind and what, and what power it holds over, you know, how we love each other, how we, um, communicate and how we spend time together and how you process things um, in a, you know, in a reality, not a seared um, conscience. You know, you, you're able to like, I think we become, like you said, too numb with each other mm-hmm. because we're just so, um, we're so not jaded, but when you're on social media, people become less people and more images, right? They're not, yeah, it's, um, it's more objectifying in some ways. And I'm not just talking about porn, but I think we idealize, right? And then we live, we compare, and then we have these lies that we believe. And then, and, and that can come all the way back to feelings of how do we feel about something or someone. Yeah, well, you, you pretty much live your life bouncing from stimulation to stimulation from little, like, little tiny, what are they called? They're like dopamine hits yeah. from like hit to hit. And, and it's, that's not life. That's not how we're, we're wired to live right. our lives. Um, yeah, I, there's a book, C.S. Lewis. And so I'll get back into that. I was going to talk about the screw tape letters a little bit, um, and how this kind of has awakened my heart a little bit around it. But you said giving, giving my mind, I'm just gonna share that story. Yeah. Giving my mind over to God honestly comes down to like, I'm trying, we're trying to write this book. We feel like it's an important book and it's, Mm -hmm. it's around the idea of what it truly means to be transparent and see through in your marriage and outside your marriage and as a result of of knowing yourself in light of the gospel. So we're trying to to run with that idea. And I've just found myself, every time we sit down to make these ideas a Mm -hmm. book, I'm super distracted. And I just was like, God, I just, I need to give my mind over to you because I feel like I am not, I'm not managing it well. Mm. (laughs) I need to give it to God and trust to him. I need to um, abstain in the name of like, it's almost like fasting in a sense, like I'm trusting him. Yeah. And as I've done that, I've realized a few things is that, uh, 
your senses come alive in a new way. Mm. Your emotions come alive in a new way um, in that I'm hyper aware to this concept now of giving over things that are that should be God God's giving them over to him mm-hmm. that God's uh, not God's in the sense that not plural but possessive so they should be God's things right. giving them back to him like my mind uh, our money mm. so like we, we were called to give sacrificially right to to God's kingdom mm. well we give it over in that sense and uh, my body so am I taking good care like my body's a temple am mm. I am I putting garbage in and getting garbage back in return or am I taking care of you know eating something that's uh, going to give me energy as opposed to just like taste good, right? Mm. So there's a difference there. Giving over my marriage, giving over my, uh, you know what I mean? Like the, yeah. my sleeping habits, yeah. everything, how I love. And so that's having that effect and it's clarifying things in a really unique way. Um, and so that's where this came from, this idea of giving it over. So now, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the tendency with, with this topic in particular, just getting back on topic, is that we tend to oversimplify and associate um, manly needs with a relationship with a physical affection and just leave it there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talk about love language. Every guy's like, oh, yeah, physical touch, that's me. <laughs> Funny, mm-hmm. right? And, yes, okay, guys like physical touch probably on a different level. Right. I won't say more or less. I think on a different level, right. maybe more apparently yeah. than a wife does. It depends on the, the relationship. Right, right, and the person. Um, and we always say women are the softer side of the marriage and guys are all grit and sports and beards and cars and red meat and Ron Swanson type things, <laughs> which I'm a, don't get me wrong. I'm a I'm, fan. I'm a fan. <laughs> I like Mr. Ron Swanson. Uh, I, I was watching. But the he's recent, not real. <laughs> I was watching some of the highlight episodes or whatever. And they were like asking him at the, at the doctor's office. They're like, do you have a history of mental illness in your family? He goes, well, I have an uncle who does yoga. <laughs> Yeah, and he and he thing. goes to he goes to England and they, he goes to a history museum and they're like and he just says uh, history began on July fourth, seventeen seventy six. <laughs> Everything before that was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> oh Ron, um, oh Ron. <laughs> anyway, so we tend to kind of oversimplify these things because it's it's convenient and I think it's it's culturally relevant. It helps us wrap our mind around things. It seems like we feel more comfortable with an idea that we're more confident in, right? That's yeah. something that we can kind of understand and dissect a bit yeah so i mean what's what's your take on this i've been talking a lot what's your take on this as a woman kind of observing this phenomenon the sense i mean is that true to say that men are are largely visual physical beings and women are the ones that are more like emotional uh emotional uh, emotional and internal beings i think it's a generalization that tends to be true more often than not um but it doesn't necessarily mean that that is I think we see it more heavily, like it shines brighter over all the other, um, I guess, differences maybe between men and women Mm. and husbands and wives. But I don't think that's the end all be all, right? We can't just say men are this way, women are this way, because we're, we're all made in the image of God, right? So we're all, we all have different facets and nuances about us that, um, God created us, created in us for a specific purpose and reason. Mm. And I do think that, you know, as, as wives, um, Maybe we don't give our husbands enough time and space uh, to be emotional with us and to share how they're feeling. Maybe we don't even ask them. We did a, a couple episodes ago, well, last episode, I think, with the, with the Straubs, and then we were talking about emotional safety in marriage. And if you haven't listened mm. to that, I definitely would say go take a listen. Um, but are, are the words that we're speaking and the ways that we're acting as wives um, facilitating, you know, kind of that comfort and assurance for our husbands to mm. be able to kind of open up and to share with us emotionally. And we'll talk about that even more. I think that's one of the you objectives. You know, I just like to jump in. 
is you're going to help wives understand kind of how to encourage their husbands yeah. um, and, and help them understand, at least from your perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that'll be really helpful. Uh, I just want to read, a, I think, an excerpt from our 31-Day Pursuit Challenge. So this is, comes from Husband in Pursuit. And um, I don't, I'm just reminded of this. And I'm like, who wrote this? <laughs> and it was so... Oh, oh, he's such a good writer. <laughs> but, you know, that's why it resonates, obviously, because it's a thought that was in there already. Um, but here, here it is. And it's just, it's, I'm basically saying the, the title of it's day 17 is write like a warrior. And I use this and I kind of jumped off of Solomon song of Solomon four one. behold, you are beautiful. My love behold, you are beautiful. Your eyes are doves behind your veil. Right. And I'm thinking about Solomon writing this. Hmm. Solomon wasn't just this foofy, frilly, feely guy. He was a warrior, mm-hmm. right? But he had this side of him that felt very intensely. And he wrote very intensely. My favorite books in the Bible are written by Solomon. Song of Solomon is incredible. It's not my favorite book. It's one of them. (laughs) I like it because you can see so clearly the emotion that he is feeling and knowing knowing who he is. Ecclesiastes. Mm. Unbelievable. I mean, just seeing the the emotive range Mm. of that book from from despair all the way up to like just complete rejoicing, mm. right? This idea that everything's meaningless yet. I have all the meaning I could ever want in, mm-hmm. in God. Uh, it, I just love it because you can see um, the intensity of how he's feeling and you can feel it for yourself. But anyway, I just want to read this, this little excerpt from it. Um, it says the modern concept of manliness is a funny fickle thing. It's in constant flux. And historically manhood has always to some extent been defined by physical strength, bravery, and honor. Strength makes sense because, in general, men are larger and stronger than women. In general, maybe only on the upper body. But <laughs> in, in general, <laughs> lower body, I would argue that. Okay, okay. Are you saying you can squat more than me? Is that your? Is this a threat? You're just saying I have weak arms. That's all. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> uh, okay. Bravery involves a man's willingness to face fear and peril for a high cause. You could say that bravery refers to a man's mental strength. Okay, so you've got physical strength and mental strength. Honor is the measure of a man's character and conviction, or his heart strength, his moral substance. Indeed, honor is the fuel behind every true feat of bravery. A brave man without honor you might find, but an honorable man without bravery you will never find. A brave man without honor you might find, but an honorable man without without bravery you'll never find. Uh, Honor always produces bravery, but the reverse isn't necessarily true. Give me a weak man with honor over a strong man without honor every time. So, um, and it goes on to say about honor is, is about what or who a man cares for. It's about what lies on the other side of the battle. Hmm. So a man is fighting for something, not just against something. Hmm. I think that's a huge distinction. We talk about feeling that's big huge. feelings. No, that's really huge. I was going to keep going. I'll come in a minute. So a man <laughs> with honor will fight an enemy to protect, to protect and pursue those he cares about most. If, hmm. if ever he turns away, he reveals his true desire, himself, and self-preservation. And thus, his honor is stripped away. Again, the single distinguishing work, excuse me, the single distinguishing mark of honor is what a man cares about. And so this, the point of this in the, in the pursuit book is to um, urge men to, to care and pursue their wives hmm. from a warrior standpoint and writing like a warrior. So I actually encourage guys to write, um, Either it's a haiku <laughs> or a song or whatever, or a sonnet or whatever they feel compelled to write. Because I think it's a very manly thing to emote for things that matter. Yes. 
for things that matter. Like your wife. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so we, um, I actually on our, I have a Facebook page. I haven't talked about it on here because I've pretty much just started using it. <laughs> um, but it's, it's my personal kind of author Facebook page because we're going to keep writing books as long as God lets us. And I, I posted a graphic and um, it's a quote from G.K. Chesterton. Let's see. The true soldier fights not because he hates what is in front of him, but because he loves what is behind him. Mm. And I think that's exactly what what this what we're talking about. Right. Here. He's fighting for what he loves and for yeah. what. And it's interesting. Just a, a side note that actually, well, it supports. It's not really a side note, but I'm reading um, all the light we cannot see. Hmm. And I'm sure most people have heard about it, but it's it's a World War Two book. And it's interesting to see how they um, so you have the two main characters, there's this, this girl and she's blind and she's, they, they go from like their 14, 16, 18 ish age. And then the, the, she's French and then he's German. And I'm, I'm just, I'm like right in the middle, but anyways, so he's, he's at the school, um, for kind of gifted kids because he can like, he can engineer radios and has been able to since a very young age. But the thing that is so interesting is how they are, um, what's it called? the psychological warfare and how they're training him to um, try to love country and try to like, mm. they say Germans, Germans will never like get to this point of like circling the drain as they call it before they die. They said they'll die laughing. Like they're fighting for, for country and like the Fuhrer and, and you know, who's Hitler and all of this. And so they're ingraining this into these young boys, 14, 15, yeah. 16 to be soldiers to basically tell them what they should love, what, you know, and they're not necessarily putting people that they hate in front of them. They they teach they mm. they twist they twist it and they do bring out people and they you know they do kill them in front of them, which is a really hard thing to see and but read. It's not, but it's, it's always it's always motivated by what they are supposed to love and not by the right. What's in they're front saying of them. if if this person if you would have let this person go, like he would just tear your eyes out and he's just this huge threat, right? And it's this this famished Jewish man who like stole bread from a farm because yeah, he had no wow. food and they're like, he stole this and he invaded this. And and so they paint this whole terrible picture. Anyways, mm. all this to say they're trying to train, which I don't think is very far off from what social media and things tend to do to us, even mm. and young, young people and young men. What is it? What is it training them to love? What is it training? Mm. How is it affecting their hearts and how they see women and how they value yeah. Um, not just women, but themselves and what, how do they see themselves? How should they see themselves? You know, and there's all these questions and then there's, there's no real clarity around it either, unless we are really bringing the Bible and scripture to the forefront and teaching people and loving them through that. So anyways, yeah, I all feel that like to that say, same phenomenon is alive and well today. Yeah, exactly. And that men are being, and you said it in social media, but also, uh, we're trained what to care about. Right. So we're trained to care about our careers. We're trained to care about our own stature mm. and the sense of, uh, you know. This idea of legacy, right? Legacy. Like, legacy legacy is such a myth. It, it's a funny thing. <laughs> it's such a myth because, you know, we have this idea that if I can just make enough money, I can leave this legacy. Or if I could just be this popular or this well-renowned right. or this successful, I'll leave a legacy. Guys, I got news for you. Your great-grandkids are not going to remember your name. Yeah. It's very unlikely they're going to remember. They're going to get even more information a hundred years from now than we have today. Right. And they're not going to remember your name. They well, might be able to look it up, but they're not going to remember right. it. And they're not going to live by your principles or what you did. They might benefit from your wealth in some way. Yeah. The best legacy we can leave is our faith legacy. I'm yeah. just going to leave that there because yes. my grand, my great grandparents. I was going to say, yours, yeah. you, you know them because of the stories of faith that they they 
had that they were examples of faith in, in their life right. in your life and it trickled down amazingly yeah. so anyway so i can hear guys I, I can hear guys listening to this responding to to, to one of two ways <laughs> Okay, and I've seen it in person. I've talked to these men. There are two ways a man can respond. They can say, "Yes, you're right. I need to care about things that matter because, because you know, this is the calling that we have." Or you have guys who say, "Yeah, whatever," basically, yeah. and just write it off. And I want to say, we care more about things that are trivial. Okay, mm. I get it. Sports are fun to watch. Video games are fun to play. Movies are fun to watch. Uh, jobs, you know, do give us a sense of purpose. Yeah. Okay, but if we are we care about those things more comfort if, and pleasure versus if we have been brainwashed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to value the worldly kingdom mm. more than we value God's kingdom, we need to change our hearts, we need to repent, we need to believe that God's way is the right way because otherwise we're we're abandoning our post, we're dropping right. the baton, we're not carrying uh we're not carrying the God's God's vision, God's legacy the way we should be. So mm. Anyway, got men, I just want you to respond in that. Like, just check your heart here. <laughs> I know that's a funny thing that John Christ always says, but check check your heart. Check your that, heart. Where are you spending your time, your energy, and your money? With that said, um, let's talk about the wife part. We'll talk about God's kind of vision for emotions here in terms of what Scripture says about this sort of thing after. <laughs> but can you help wives understand? I mean, what's your journey been like? And I know, what, what do you have to say? Um, I think that my journey is somewhat unique in that you know, you had a dad as a psychologist, so I think you, that was from a young age, though, you had somebody kind of leading the charge of how are you feeling and talking to you about it and not being ashamed to and being okay with the uncomfortableness of conversation. Your dad is good at having hard conversations. He's very good at he's it. He's very good at it. Probably <laughs> too good. Um, but he's yeah. also very empathetic and he is compassionate. And so... And he feels deeply. Talk about, yes. he's probably the deepest feeler that I know. And so I think that you kind of have had a an advantage in some ways to be able to express your emotions clearly. I mean, not always. Like, we still struggle with this. I still am like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> what are you feeling? And I don't need to say that. That's not how I try to say it. Wives, <laughs> yeah. don't say it. Don't learn from my example. God has definitely been <laughs> sanctifying me in this. But it's more of a conversation of like, Okay, my I'm sensing that something is is wrong, or I'm there. You're not engaging with me. There's some sort of something that's happening that we're not in unity. I don't feel like you're emotionally engaged with me. Yeah, you are. You're distant. You know, we're trying to be together when the kids are together, and then when when they're asleep, it's like we're in our own worlds. And so, I think there's more to be had. And so, when those kind of that's when you're sensing something's wrong. Yeah, that's what's when you're yeah. when you're having those convictions. Wives, I think we really need to approach our husbands in in all humility and and love Mm. and really ask questions from a motivation of, you know, I want to reconcile this, of course, but from a place of really, of really loving them and extending grace to them and allowing them, again, that, that safety, that time and space to process, Mm. um, because you may be sensing something that is really deeply rooted in them and it's, it's. They want to put the defenses up. You know, there's going to be, and we have to stand our ground and stand strong and say, okay, that's, that's fine. If you feel this, or if if I've done this, the hard Mm. thing is when they start throwing darts at you. Like I was like, you know, sometimes I come to you and I try to ask you questions and then it seems like it backfires on me. And then I I don't want to be a part of the conversation anymore. Right. But it's like, okay, let's, let's be steadfast here. Let's exercise some steadfastness. Let's persevere through because I don't really think I'm the issue here. Like not to be like. You're, you don't want to be too dismissive, too right, fast. Right, right. But, yeah. but to say, hey, I think there's more going on here yeah. um, than we're letting on. I think that there's more happening here. Mm-hmm. I think there's some rhythms and habits that are 
they're coming to fruition and they're not good. The fruit here is not good. Mm. And there's some things happening. So how can we, like, how can I help you? How can we love each other through this? And this is a long journey, friends. This is mm. not like a two-week com- two so, conversation or something. So just like early on, uh, two things come to mind right now. Just like early on, we talked about how men, you know, the kind of the brash generalizations. Women just want romance, connection. Men just want sex. Women, wives want to talk. Husbands want solitude. Uh, that Those sorts of, you know, ladies like the Hallmark cha- Channel, gentlemen like ESPN, you know. <laughs> um, those types of generalizations, um, I think, have a little bit to them, right? And so what, I'm, what I mean by that in that is the sense yeah, there's that... there's a little bit of truth in them. But men, not. so I'm physically stronger than you. I'm physically bigger than you. You're like, you got... I just see... <laughs> This saw the saltiness you come are, out. You are, but you can't ride a horse as good <laughs> are you as really I can. Believe that? You can't ride a horse as good as I can. I'm getting competitive. This is but, I don't okay, like so comparison. There's a sense like I am. I just have male DNA, so I have kind yeah, of you yeah, know I can build muscle faster. Yeah. I can burn fat faster. Ugh. I can run faster. <laughs> I can do all these things in general. Yeah, but emotionally, I am not equipped to handle things like you can handle things. <laughs> you can handle things emotionally, like in the same like, way that I can handle. Okay, so if I get in a fight with somebody on this on the street, like I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna last a good long time if if not just beat him right away, right? Whereas if a if a woman gets in a fight with a man, it's not she's not gonna hold up physically, okay? And I know that's that's kind of a weird. Oh, you're picture. saying physically, okay? I'm saying if you're gonna but like, if, but like emotionally, when it comes to weathering the emotional ups and downs of life, I'm not as well equipped to do that as you are. Now, yes, generally speaking, I'm I, I'm there are exceptions to this, but I'm just saying like if if our kids are going through a hard time, you have a really good way of handling that. And I may not know how to navigate those waters in, in as, as strong of a way. I'm not articulating this well, so please don't get mad at me, <laughs> listener. I apologize. I just think we approach it differently. to the point. I think we approach it differently. You, you know, it's, it's in even how we parent. You want to be the problem solver and I want to be a solution giver, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I want to give a solution. I yes. want to fix. I want to. I want to do this. And you're like, let's that. let's address the root here of the problem, which I think speaks to your emotional maturity because you're able to understand that no matter how they feel, this is the problem, <laughs> and we need to sort through that before we sort through their emotions. And I'm like, well, right. I don't know because They're sometimes I think their like, emotions are playing more of a role here, especially at the ages of like five and three. That's you know? so funny, it, and it's true. You're, I'm problem oriented. You're solution oriented. Mm-hmm. One example Both of that. Both are not bad. If one girl Mine's has, better. if one of our daughters has, uh, I don't know, a snack that she's eating and the other the other girl wants it and goes and grabs it out of her hands, I'm thinking, okay, the problem is selfishness and um, not being generous toward each other. Which I already acknowledge And you're thinking that, the problem is like, that she doesn't have a snack. No, <laughs> so I've already acknowledged that. I'm just like, this is not like a big selfish thing. She just needs another snack. Right, but right. But so, anyway, there is some a, emotion yeah. there. There is, there is definitely something to draw so that's on the, there. That's the first piece. Yeah that comes to mind when you start talking about emotions that women are equipped in unique ways to handle emotions in ways that men perhaps are not. Again, there's always caveats, but that's just, that's generally speaking. And the second one is that no one gives me courage like you, Hmm. right? So in terms of husbands being loved and encouraged by their wives, no one can love and encourage me like you can. It's like that direct line to your heart. Absolutely. You have a direct line to my heart. And at any moment you could either hit the kill switch or you could <laughs> pump it full of life. And I'm thinking of a couple years ago, many years ago, actually not many, I'll say six years ago, summit in Mount Rainier. Yes. Okay. So Mount Rainier second is time, wasn't the it? second tallest summit in the, or in the contiguous United States. Right. Love that you know that. <laughs> 
well, Mount Whitney's the highest by like 50 feet. Yeah. It's hard to get a permit there though. Um, so we, <laughs> we, we summited Rainier. We'll hit Whitney at one point. Okay. And then contiguous. And then there's Denali. Denali Move up on. in Alaska. Move That's on. another thing. That's a yes. whole other. Um, so, so you and Jeff were summiting Rainier. Yeah. I realized just how much. So while we're summoning, summoning it, I realized just how much your encouragement and approval meant to me. And so while I'm up there, I... I wrote a, a letter. I wrote a, uh, you, there's a box at the top. You can sign a thing. And I said, and I wrote on the papers, like for my, at the time you were pregnant with Della. Yeah. It's so like five, six years ago. Yeah. And I said to my, to my bride, Selena and my unborn baby girl mm. did this for you. And I felt this sense of, I had now, I had purpose. I was fighting for someone behind mm. me. I wasn't just tackling another thing. I was fighting f- for you. And wives want to hear that. We want to know that we're right. being fought for. We want to know that we are, loved in such Mm -hmm. a fierce way you know and so when you say that that just brings more like assurance and confidence into my heart and and makes me understand the depth of your love in a new level And when you say encourage I think that's a good way a good place to start um, with wives is that if you don't really know what else to say just start with what you love about them and Mm -hmm. what you're so grateful about them because I feel like that really kind of breaks down the ice at least I know it does with you and yeah I can tell when you're struggling and we kind of talk and I can just you know if I can just say like I'm so grateful for how hard you work for us and I'm so thankful that you care enough about us to say yes to these things and no to these things when you could very easily just fill your schedule and be gone and do whatever you want you know but you care about the culture of our family and the relationships that are being built here Um, and you care about wanting to be around you do care a lot about the things that matter, I feel like. I'm well, but it'd be so easy not to. Yes. To be honest, right. it'd be so easy just to care about well, yeah. work and revenue and right. m- frankly, meaningless things that will be gone yeah. and are fleeting. Who's not fleeting in my life? You <laughs> and our daughters. <laughs> Who's not fleeting in eternity? Jesus. Yeah. And you and our daughters, right? <laughs> um, and so, yeah, there's that sense. So encu- I love it. You said wives encourage your husbands. Encourage is just literal. I mean, the literal meaning is to fill with courage, to mm. put place courage in to your husband, right? If he's heading off to work, hey, thank you for working for us. Mm -hmm. Or if he's heading off to a hard day, uh, an interview or um, a a confrontational, you know, if he's a pastor or somebody like that, Mm. thank you for doing what you do. You can do it. Mm -hmm. We're behind you. We're behind you. Be empathetic. Yeah. yeah, Fill them with courage. So, and and this is is by design. That's what Mm. I want to, so wives, know this. In Genesis 2, God himself said it's not good. Mm. There's, that's not debatable. That's what it says. It's not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Okay, so mm. God made a helper fit for him. Mm. So there's a lot going on. God intentionally made this happen. A helper is not a weaker vessel, mm. right? A helper is just somebody who comes underneath and provides support. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, the helper is the stronger of the two, <laughs> right? And they're fit. You're fit for your husband. You're, mm. You you have been brought together, ordained, made one flesh by this union, and God has has preordained it. Yeah. There's nothing that's outside of His knowledge. Right. He knew that you'd be married to the husband you're married to. He knew that you'd be the woman that He would need. You're the you're the wife fit for Him. Mm. And so you can encourage Him in ways that uh, He has given you the keys to His heart, mm. and and you can open His heart and put put in there mm. the truth that He needs. Um, so yeah. Anything else on? Wives encouraging husbands. It's good. It's good. We had two kind of three objectives here. We wanted to kind of untangle and at least look at assumptions about manhood. Mm-hmm. The second mm-hmm. one is to help wives understand how to encourage their husbands mm-hmm. and how to understand their husbands. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, the third one is encouragement to feel intensely about things that matter. So um, we posted a video on our Facebook page last week, but we recently got to talk to my friend John Lovell. He's the Warrior Poet Society CEO. If you're not <laughs> aware, check out Warrior Poet Society. We'll interview them. We actually interviewed him. It'll go live in like, I don't know, 17 months or something. <laughs> we have a lot of interviews lined up. That's awesome. Uh, it'll go live in about a month or so. Uh, but we were also on their YouTube channel. <laughs> And ended up having a text conversation a few days after we had the interview. And we just started talking about, um, I think in Georgia, they recently passed the law that makes abortions illegal. Mm -hmm. And we got talking about that. And we started kind of stirring each other and saying, man, this is so good. You know, because we believe that a a baby, life begins at conception. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And that life is valuable and should not be terminated. Right. It's not our prerogative to end that life. Mm-hmm. And so we need to fight for those helpless children and we need to fight against abortion. We're pro-life. So, and that's, we we're talking about that going through it and also talking about the nuances, the cultural nuances. Well, what about uh, how culture views, um, you know, the role of women and are we just, no, we're, we're for women. We're for women's rights, mm-hmm. just not at the expense of a child. Like we're, we're for both. Let's talk about the whole conversation. Right. They're not mutually exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> um, However, we're not going to stand by while these things happen. So anyway, we go back and forth and we're stirring our, each other for this. And we start talking about, and one of the things we said is, this is so important in our generation. This is a hill that we, and this is a hill that we are willing to die on. Mm. It's that important. And it's that that's so much injustice. And, and in other words, you're motivated again by moving forward um, because we love something um, behind us as opposed to hating something in front of us, mm. right? So mm-hmm. we love, um, we, we want to fight for the, the innocent. We want to fight against injustice. I found it stirring a part of my heart that I hadn't really felt stirred in a while. And it was stirred mm. by another guy. And we were going back and forth and we were um, doing this intentionally. And anyway, one of the, I, I want to kind of read this in scripture. We haven't talked about scripture much other than Genesis 2. But one of the things that I love about scripture is how clearly in Hebrew, Hebrew culture, emotion is, is normative. Mm. And again, we've lost it over the last 100, 150 years or so, and we're starting to get it back. And I want to make sure that we get it back in a healthy way. If we think back to anyone in the Bible, think of David, right? David wrote a lot of the Psalms. Solomon wrote a lot of the Psalms. Think about Daniel and his pleads and prayer. Um, think about even Saul. And Jesus himself, who was very passionate mm-hmm. about things. Mm-hmm. The call here, I think, to that I'm feeling, and I would love to just share that with the men. <laughs> we must engage our passion and emotion to change the social issues of our age. And so just a few gen- generations ago, slavery was acceptable. And now our nation looks ba- looks back in shame, right? And so I'm lead, led to ask, like, what, what did our grandparents do in the face of that? And people are going to ask that about us, um, is what are people going to ask about you know, how could they have allowed such injustice 50 years from now? Mm. And so I'm thinking that through the things that really get me fired up, and we talked about abortion, that gets me so fired up mm. to think about. And don't worry, we're not going to stay silent on that. We've got a lot coming up on that topic. Mm. Uh, we talk, I think about the sex trade, the victimization of... of uh, Young children, women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And pornography, prostitution, and the surrounding issues, um, that how it affects families, how it affects men, how it affects mm. the relationships with their children, how it affects uh, relationships, their job relations, all yeah. that sort of stuff. And then on the same vein but different would be human, human trafficking and modern-day exploitation of kids and adults mm. for revenue. And that's mm. just not sexual trafficking, but... Um, in other ways, too. Right. Frankly, my throat tends to nod up and my heart begins to race uh, when I think about these things. And I think that's good. I think that's how God has wired um, men is to feel intensely. So 
Not to say, I think if anything moves us, may it be the incredible grace of God and desire to share his goodness, justice, and love with those who need it. And the reason why I share that is because our passion should have a godly direction. Mm. Um, we, we shouldn't just be making mountains out of molehills at every turn, right? <laughs> right. We don't want to be powders and petty. Mm. I don't want to be pouting at home because I'm feeling, right? I feel like that's, you might be feeling something, but how you handle it determines mm. how well you're dealing with it, mm-hmm. right? And and I think to an extent, your emotional maturity, all that good stuff. So mm. This has been on my heart lately, mm-hmm. and I feel like there's an undercurrent happening, and that men that are listening to this will feel yes, they'll they'll think it'll resonate. It'll or resonate, else yeah. It will not. <laughs> yeah. And I think with you know, as a wife, if you have a husband who maybe it does not resonate, um, you know, the best thing you can do is pray for their heart and pray for their mind. You know, and um, God is so faithful. I've prayed, I've prayed for you, Ryan, many times and specific prayers, and I've seen them come to fruition, you know? <laughs> no, I mean that in a good way. Not Lord, like, just change my husband's just heart. change my husband's heart. He's just not, not getting it. No, just things that yeah. I know that are in alignment with God's, with God, and that I know that I, those desires and things that I can ask because it's not f- coming from a selfish place of, right, you know, you're not, my husband's just not getting it. He's just not right. It's, it's, Lord, I know that he's struggling with these areas. Can I pray that you would just bring him clarity and wisdom and conviction, Holy Spirit, and just lead him in the right direction to freedom into into you. Yeah. You know, and so I think the best thing that we can do is be praying and be praying for our husband, praying for ourselves. Um, God help my heart to stay soft towards my husband mm. who may be hardened towards me and his emotions are just not really there they seem absent and he seems disengaged and i pray that you would just help us you know to find some emotional um salt like common ground (laughs) that we can connect and you'd uproot you know the reasons or the things that might be um hindering us from connecting at that level sorry that's my squeaky chair (laughs) so that's great. I love that call to wives. And I want to the husbands, I want to say, I just want to point you to John three sixteen. I know that's cliche. Please try to hear it with fresh ears because it is. I just read most... all of John. It's a good, it's a good <laughs> There's my wife read. right there. I love you for that. <laughs> John three sixteen is for God so loved the world that he gave mm. his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. So mm-hmm. we have a picture and an example of a God who loved so intensely in such a way mm-hmm. so god so loved what that means is he loved in such a way mm-hmm. that he did what he gave mm. okay so men do we love do we love our wives our families in such a way mm. that we would give mm. do we love god's word in such a way that we would give do we love the truths of god the big ideas of god the 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 the, um, the initiatives of God, the local church, what he's doing in the local church, do we love it in such a way to give ourselves over to it, mm-hmm. to give our minds, our hearts, our finances, yeah. our priorities, our time over to the things of God? Do we love in that way? Mm-hmm. And I think by the Holy Spirit, we can. Mm-hmm. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we can. And so if you're feeling like you're just a little bit cold, maybe apathetic, I would say just pray Pray that God would enliven your heart, that he would put in your chest a heart of flesh, Mm. that he would take out of your chest a heart of stone, and he would enliven you for the things that he cares about, that you would lie awake at night. God forbid you'd be troubled a little bit. Mm. Lie awake at night and think about how God is is asking you to act uncomfortably to give. Thank you. That's good. No, and I just wanted to bring up, because we're talking about emotions, and then we're talking about like God's response in in John 3.16, and I want to draw that line that God didn't just 
He didn't just like feel. Remember, love is not a feeling. Mm, that's right? very good. Thank love, you. Love is yeah. is is a verb. It's an action, um, and God created it. So he was he was so moved by love, though he was he love is patient and kind and long suffering and all of these things that love is God, you know, God is love. So he, because he loved us, you know, I feel like there's a big mix of, I don't know. I don't want to say emotions, but there's actions that precurse the emotions. Is that right? Like yeah. there's, there's precede, yeah. precede the emotions. And so typically emotions come, but our culture tends to get mixed up with what love is. Right. We, th- we think it's a feeling that makes us feel happy and intimate and close. Um, and without conflict, maybe, but really, like love is is an action word. It's it's on the it's on the offense. It's a response um, to to God, right? So God is saying, like, I love this world. I loved everybody right. in this world so much. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to send my son. It wasn't this. Oh, I just feel this so much love that I'm just going to do all these things because those are that's a very fleeting. Well, God is so consistent. Isn't he's he? so consistent, and, he's not, and we are not. Yeah, and so I think what you're saying is that don't wait for the feelings to come around for the action right. to happen. The action starts the feelings essentially. Yeah, not it, that well, that should be your objection, it, but if it has to come down to one or the other, it's always, always going to be action oriented. Yeah, yeah. and I think action, like you said, feelings are a good grace of God that you, that sometimes will accompany the action right. of love. Right, and it's a decision to love. Yeah, and so I think that's the challenge to the men is is decide this day mm. to love God most and to let your heart be moved for the things which move his heart mm. and know that God loves you. He loves your husband. Your, he loves your spouse and he wants you to love them well. So good. And he loves your kids and wants you to love them well. So that's kind of the challenges to the husbands and to the wives. Mm-hmm. And again, there's a lot there. So hopefully you found something in there that would stir you. Uh, the couple's conversation challenge. I would say to the husband, um, Take a few minutes and think about how think about your emotional self. Okay, mm. so think about how you tend to feel about things. For me, I honestly, I, I've always been very bad at articulating how I'm feeling. I can I can look from the outside looking in, <laughs> and talk about something. <clears throat> right. But when it comes to actually f- describing what's happening inside my own hard, heart yeah. and mind, yeah. I'm not good at that. And so even now, we'll have like Selena saying, "I'll feel cold." And I just feel cold. I don't know why. And yeah. then I start actually thinking about how I'm processing something. I start peeling away the layers and say, yeah. okay, this is the thing that's actually really troubling to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And then you can say, okay, that thing is causing me to be troubled. I need to give that to God in some way. What lie am I believing mm. that's letting that trouble my heart in this way? Mm. And so understanding how you, so I'm t- talking to husbands again, understanding how you process things, think about your emotional self. And then try to articulate that to your wife. Mm. Try to help her understand you in that in that way. Because um, I think I came to you and said, I have a hard time with this. But talking to you, sometimes when I'm talking to you, it's I'm starting to process it. Clear. Yeah. And even though the stereotype would say otherwise, you tend to want to fix it and provide a solution right away. <laughs> right. And really what I need you to do is just help me process things. Yeah. Right. And so I, I think- help your wife. Bring her along on that yeah. emotional journey. Yeah, and I think that, you know, it de- it depends on what's sort of being brought up to and because sometimes we want to fix it because we don't we just don't want to deal with it, right? That's a bad motivation. And so I think to the wives I would say, you know, when and if your your husband comes to you with some, you know, emotional I don't know, not issues, but just some emotional things that they're dealing with, some struggles, um, to A not make it about you, remember who it's about. 
Um, B, remember that, you know, your identity is in, your identity is in Christ. And so how would Jesus respond to your husband right now? And, and not you maybe in your human flesh, like what you're feeling. And if it's grating on your nerves or if you're feeling blamed or you're feeling like he's pointing the finger or whatever, just sit there for a minute. Just let it happen. Just sit there and be humble and extend lots and lots of grace and just allow the Lord to work in your heart and in your mind. Just breathe in everything that's happening and then exhale and just just sit there and just in your mind, just God, what what would you want me to say to my husband right now? And how can I love him? How can I extend grace? How can I be supportive and encouraging to him? And I f- and God is so faithful to bring those words. He's so faithful to open the eyes of our hearts to see what's happening, what's really going on in in the in the heart and soul of our husband. Because again, we do have that direct line, and we need to step into that and walk into that. Mm. But we can't just be you know the Hulk stomping through everything, right? We've got to. There's got to be some finesse. There's got to be some <laughs> some grace. I am the Hulk. You, you this can't is just why Hulk I say smash this. me. You can't no. Hulk smash your husband. <laughs> <laughs> I'm speaking from experience, um, emotionally. Don't Hulk, don't Hulk smash your husband. That's the word. That's the advice for the wife. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, that's good. That's really good. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I, you, you feeling I, a lot of things right now? I am. I'm feeling a lot of things right now. I think the one thing I can say is if you're if you're feeling isolated, that's a problem. Yeah. Um, and as a couple and as a as an individual, you need not be isolated because mm-hmm. there's people who care. Yeah. And who you can, um, who you can grow alongside. Mm-hmm. We have these communities on Facebook: fierce husbands and fierce wives. They're open to anyone who wants to be in them. Other than you have to, it, husbands is for husbands, wives is for wives, and you just need to ask to be in part of the group and agree to the terms. It's it's just a what is it? Just like Give us your house born. rules. Yeah. Uh, just kidding. There's just basically be nice to everyone. Yeah. But nice. we, yeah, search for those fierce husbands and fierce wives on Facebook. And there's women and there's men in their respective groups going through these things together and emoting together. So men, there's guys that are probably dealing with the same thing you're dealing with. Mm. And you don't have to walk alone. I think it's one of the yeah. major devices of the enemy is to inoculate and make isolate. us numb, but to isolate. Because yeah. what happens to the who does the devil try to seek, kill, and destroy? It's the it's the straggler. <laughs> it's not the one in the middle of the pack. It's the straggler. Well, yeah. The lion is seeking and killing the straggler. Yeah. And so don't let yourself be isolated either. So, yeah. okay. It's with a that lot said, of good things. A hopefully, lot of good things. Yeah. Hopefully you found this episode helpful. <laughs> yes. I did. I okay. did. I found it very helpful. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> please, please affirm me. <laughs> no, no. Um, do you want to pray? Do you want to close this out? Sure. God, thank you so much for this time and space to just be able to talk about you, to talk about um, the roles of men in in this just small capacity of, of emotions and how you've created them. God, I pray that we as wives would have a great appreciation and a great value for them and that we would encourage them, uh, Lord, in the ways that you would have us encourage them, God, not just to affirm something that they we think they should be affirmed in, but to really affirm them in the things of you and to challenge them even lovingly in the things of you as well, God. But I pray that, Holy Spirit, you would um, guide us in those conversations. You would guide us with our words. You would um, help us to know how to navigate those conversations and just how to love our husbands uh, more faithfully as we do, as you love us, God. Um, Thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, I think next week we're going to talk about the heart's 
Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Hearts and emotions of women. Oh, Lordy. Uh, I don't do you know think? about that. Okay, I don't well, like digging that deep. <laughs> and there's the smudgeness. <laughs> there's the It's going to get dug into. <laughs> I feel like we should have Dr. Josh and Christy on here. I feel like they're a safe place. No, I'm to kidding. To talk about that stuff? Yeah. I just, I, I'm sh- I know I'm an emotional person, but it's when my emotions get too unchecked that they get i get myself in trouble because i get too passionate about things and i start start saying a lot of things well i think so it's one thing to do it. feel emotionally and to be okay with feeling that i think it's another to be able to let it come out the right way yeah yeah it's hard to let those feelings go because you feel like you're compromising as a wife anyways that's another conversation <laughs> <laughs> I right. guess we need to talk about it. Just on that can of worms that we just opened, this episode is... In that can. <laughs> in the can. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. If you have uh, if you feel compelled, go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. We would love to have your partnership there. Um, and that's it. So we'll see you in about seven days. And until then, stay fierce. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.